Hi, this is the Hindu's Analysis podcast, and I'm Jayant Shriram. So there's a story we missed out on last week for the podcast, and that's the Transgender Persons Protection of Rights Bill, which was made into law by Parliament, and which has been framed for the welfare of transgender persons. Except that it was really not well received by the community that the law was supposed to protect and advocate for. The transgender community had organized protests across the country, urging changes to the bill, claiming that in the form in which the central government had conceived it, it showed a poor understanding of gender and sexual identity. So we're going to delve a little bit into some of the issues in this bill and what the objections are while also going back to look at some of the legal judgments and cases that preceded this legislation i'm joined today by the hindu's ramya kannan who has been tracking this issue very closely so i'm going to cut to our conversation ramya hi welcome to the podcast thanks for joining us hi jain right so before we get to specific objections about the bill from uh, the transgender community and activists uh, let's do a bit of historical context um, many activists say that the bill contravenes uh, the 2014 supreme court judgment in the uh, national legal services authority versus uh, union of india case uh, which was a landmark judgment that recognized the rights of transgender persons and the right to decide on their gender identity and that was the motivation um, as you've written also for um parliament introducing legislation um on this so what was that case about so yeah it's uh, good we're starting with this because in a sense um, that's where everything began uh so it uh, the uh, nalsa i mean it, it that's uh, that's how it's known uh, commonly uh, the national legal services authority <coughs> um went to the supreme court um and the co-petitioners were uh, an ngo called uh, pujya mata naseeb kaur ji women welfare society and a reno- renowned um, at that point uh, they were called hijadas so transgender activist um lakshmi narayan tripathi so they went to court say uh, pleading for the rights of the uh, the third gender right. and this um judgment is extremely significant because it allowed not only that uh, the third gender be recognized um it declared transgender people to be third gender um it affirmed their fundamental rights under the constitution of india and um i think what was really significant at that point was that for the first time it allowed them the right to self determine their identity gender identity so for the first time people were recognizing the third gender is one thing but allowing a person to decide whether it's male female or a transgender that the person wants to be associated with the gender identity so i think that was extremely significant a two gen- a judge bench of the supreme court justice uh, panikar radhakrishnan and um, justice arjun kumar sikri pronounced this uh, judgment and uh, <clears throat> besides providing recognition for legal recognition for the third gender it also declared that insisting on a sex reassignment surgery as a precondition to changing one's gender was illegal 
Okay. So um, that's that's another extremely. In fact, uh, if you look at all the objections to the bill, the current sorry, the act now, the Transgender Persons Welfare Protection of Rights Act, many of the objections stem from the provisions of the Nalsa judgment, Supreme Court judgment. So it also said that special facilities for public health and sanitation, um, and it gave an emphasis on ensuring the socioeconomic rights of this community. And it said you consider this community as socially and economically backward in order that all the rights that are derived to the socioeconomically backward people also, um, the transgender people also benefit from that. And um, there was a strong, very strong component on stigma and building awareness so that members of this community will feel included, so that there's a natural acceptance on behalf of the society accepting the people of the third gender. So basically it tried to tell the government, go there and tell the people that gender is not just male and female. It's a perception. It's a self-perception. And that was a hugely uh, progressive sort of judgment uh, coming as it did in uh, 2014. And um, very interestingly, it harked back to uh, the report of an expert committee constituted by the center. Um, the center constituted a committee in 2013. Uh, it uh, comprised of uh, activists and law, uh, legal uh, persons. It comprised members of the transgender community. At that point of time, HIV, um, uh, people working in the field of HIV. And these people got together to, you know, list out what were the specific requirements of the transgender community? So interestingly, the Supreme Court judgment also made a reference to this expert committee and urged both the center and state governments to follow some of the provisions that were listed in the expert committee recommendations. Right. Following that judgment, a year later, uh, there was a private member's bill that was passed in the Rajya Sabha um, by an MP from the DMK, from Tamil Nadu. And it was considered um, a progressive legislation, um, you know, and it reflected in part the experience of states like Tamil Nadu, which has a welfare board for transgender persons. And, uh, you know, that and they speak specifically of uh, employment opportunities and health and education benefits, etc. So tell us a little bit more about that bill, because that seems to have been glossed over in this new law that's uh, that's come in. True. Um, it's a historic bill in some senses, and we'll come to that. But uh, this private member's bill was uh, introduced by uh, DMK MP Tiruchi Siva in the Rajya Sabha in um, <clears throat> 2014, uh, actually on April, uh, yeah, in 2014. It was passed by the Upper House on April 24, 2015. So this bill basically sought... Uh, to provide for the formulation and implementation of a comprehensive national policy for ensuring overall development of transgender persons and for their welfare to be taken undertaken by the state and for matters connected herewith and incidental thereto. I'm just quoting from the yeah. um, actual bill. So um, this was a very, um, again, um, I think what we're going to be using repeatedly here is the word progressive. Yeah. So this was a progressive uh, bill. And uh, at that point, during the discussion in the Rajya Sabha, there were a number of BJP members who opposed the, 
the bill and um, tried to convince uh, Mr. Seva to withdraw it initially. But he refused to do so and um, he pointed out at that point of time that there were perhaps um, 450,000 transgender people in India while the actual number may be much, much, much greater and argue that the number is being unrepresented because of the fear in the community to declare themselves. There were a number of people who were afraid to declare themselves as third gender. And uh, they had the right to vote, he argued, but faced discrimination in day-to-day -day life. It was not easy at all being a third gender. So um, it's, like I said, it was historic because it was the first private member's bill to be passed by any house in 36 years and by the Rajya Sabha in 45 years. So usually when a bill, a private member bill comes up, it's um, discussed, debated, and then the government responds to it and then nothing happens. So that is the trend um, right. with private members' bill. But this was significant in that it was passed by the Rajya Sabha. So um, some of the key features, it, it asked for reservation of seats in primary, secondary, and higher education in schools for transgender people. These are schools funded by the government. So it would be a government institution or government-aided institution or schools that receive grants from the government. And in government jobs, notably. Uh, it also mandated the formation of a special employment exchange for transgender people and uh, national and state level commissions for transgender people. And there was also a mention of forming a transgender people uh, rights court um, that would decide on cases whenever people of the community needed redress. So um, I think Mr. Siva was hugely inspired by what was happening in his home state, Tamil Nadu. So um, it was the first state in the country to formulate, introduce a transgender welfare policy. And this was done during the DMK time. And um, former uh, DMK chief, Mr. Karunanidhi, was instrumental in bringing this change in Tamil Nadu. And uh, as part of this policy, transgender individuals could access free sex reassignment surgery in government hospitals. They had various other benefits and rights in the state again. And uh, uh, including, you know, additional capital subsidy for transgender people who wanted to be entrepreneurs. So in many ways, um, it was... Uh, wholesome kind of inclusion of transgender people into the state and its activities. And they also constituted a transgender welfare board um, that would look into the rights of transgender people, which would give them at some point, at, at a very basic level, some redress and um, would intervene on their behalf, intercede on their behalf if they needed to uh, speak to the state government. But whether this transgender welfare board functioned with full autonomy, whether it functioned, whether it actually served its purpose. I think that's, you know, probably a debate for another entire podcast. But uh, yeah. the fact that there was intent uh, in this case to ensure the welfare and ensure the rights of the transgender people and make sure that they're not discriminated against. So this probably inspired... Uh, Mr. Siva to 
uh, introduce the private members bill right so legislatively what happens next uh, a private members bill is passed but uh, as far as i understand it the government goes ahead and passes its its own version of the bill so that bill that sort of dies that bill sort of dies it in effect it dies it's it was introduced in the lok sabha in um, february 2016 but that lapsed after the government itself the central government introduced its own bill the first version of what we have today as an act in 2016 and with the 2016 government bill uh, was referred to a standing committee uh, to make recommendations which the standing committee did it made a large number of recommendations uh, changes amendments to the bill but with the dissolution of the lok sabha uh, that bill uh, lapsed so as a result the government when it came back the bjp government when it came back to power introduced this bill once again in the um, i mean it reintroduced the bill so let's come to uh, specific objections now about uh, the bill the act from uh, from activists from other people uh, i think the one that stands out the most just in sort of initial reading of news reports is this provision about going through a magistrate for gender identity um let's discuss that briefly but also uh let's discuss what the bill leaves out because i think that also explains a lot of the objections true um the bill is progressive in in that it allows for self determination of gender identity yeah. which is uh, also what happened in the um, national legal services authority versus union of india case um and then it goes and destroys this good intent by requiring that the gender identity thus chosen by the person be validated by a magistrate by a certificate from the magistrate right so what happens the bill the act now also doesn't tell you whether there is any cause for redressal in case the magistrate refuses to grant such a certificate okay so that's that would be like a final that no that would be a final no so um that's one point that the community is like really sore about and um, there's been actually when they when they started their objections the community transgender lgbtqi community also spoke about their unhappiness with the nomenclature itself transgender persons they believe was very restricted uh given the diversity in that spectrum okay so for instance one of the main demands has been from the intersex community okay so they have called to widen the definition and the scope of the target targeted beneficiaries of this act so they suggested in fact that gender identity gender expression and sex characteristics protection of rights bill should have been the name of the bill okay so um they uh, the demand of the community is that it should have provided for definition of key terms including gender identity uh, which is assigned at birth based on the anat- anatomical characteristics yeah biological characteristics female or male sexual organs while sexual identity is what one perceives oneself as yeah and sexual orientation is the 
sex that a person is attracted to. So the community has been very insistent that the bill draw up precise definitions, acceptable definitions for all these categories, which the bill, the act now has not done clearly. And um, the other main main articulation was the prohibition of non-compulsory and non-elective, non-consensual sex selective surgeries or sex reassignment surgeries. So um, this is something that the um, 2014 judgment also spoke yeah. of. Um, it, the community says that the bill must ban such medical procedures to ensure that transgender persons and intersex persons are not compelled to undergo, undergo unnecessary medical procedures for recognition of identity. They also called for it to be made punishable under law. Um, that hasn't happened either. Um, the other significant demand was that uh, there are distinct health needs for um, people who are transgender and intersex. And these need to be identified and um, catered to specifically in government hospitals and in uh, institutions that provide medical care. Uh, they've also asked for um, genetic counseling to be part of uh, this uh, clinic. Yeah. Uh, so that parents are not forced to um, have their children undergo sex reassignment, sex assignment or gender in order to establish a gender identity at birth sometimes when the gender identity is ambiguous so these were part of the demands and they've also asked for a working group on the intersex community to be constituted which hasn't been done either so these are some of the large um, more significant objections to the transgender persons protection of rights act okay so would you say that uh, perhaps the only progressive element here is this recognition of um, gender identity, or the or the or the not not the recognition, but the right to self determine. Yeah, that's. I mean, there's there's no question that is true, but the fact I think you know from a perspective, uh, from from a historical perspective, it's significant that the state government wants to leg legislate to ensure that the rights, the fundamental rights of transgender persons is preserved. Right. That itself is, I mean, one needs to acknowledge, even as we point out the flaws in the bill or yeah. the act, one needs to acknowledge that this is progressive, this is reaching out to the community in order to give them benefits, clearly. Where it goes wrong, it's, you know, it probably is because it didn't listen hard to the community and their demands and their requests. But um, in as far as it, um, you know, it mandates the constitutional rights of the citizens of the country who are being discriminated on a gender binary. Yeah. That, I think, is laudable uh, in the instant case. Um, but in addition, um, it provides for, it provides, it prohibits the discrimination against a transgender person uh, in health, education, employment, access to and enjoyment of goods and facilities and opportunities available to the public. So um, it has been a comprehensive uh, sort of looking at the, uh, the, the needs and requirements of transgender people. 
but possibly more broad brush based and not it hasn't included the specifics that the community itself was looking forward to it also allows for right of residence employment uh, like i said education and it the the certificate of identity for a transgender person itself um provided you know the the magistrate is not a stumbling block for a yeah. person so having an identity card is a huge step forward in um, you know in in enjoying the rights of a citizen of this country and um, the gov- the bill also the act also has stated that the government will take all measures to ensure the full inclusion and participation of the transgender community in society also has accounted for rescue and rehabilitation and vocational training and self employment for transgender people so in many ways it's um, uh, it's taking a broad view of the rights that of the requirements of a citizen of this country and um, there's also it while it hasn't allowed for penalties for sex compulsory sex reassignment surgery it has recognize the following offenses that is forced or bonded labor denial of use of public places removal from a house a household a home or a village because a lot of excommunication still happens in our villages right when people find out that a person is a transgender then there is excommunication the entire village shuts the person out the homes are shut to these people and as a result of which they have to run away physic it also recognizes that physical sexual and ver- verbal and economic abuse against transgender people will be punished and um, the punishment varies between 6 months and 2 years and a fine so uh, in that sense it is um, progressive uh, it takes a look at the transgender community which is undergoing a lot of trial and tribulation and it also lays a framework of implementation with the Nans- national council for the welfare of transgender persons right so it will, does which will hopefully in fact the community is hoping now that this council will take a more um a more sensitive view of the implementation of the act and in allow the transgender community's demands to be incorporated in the implementation even if it's not in the um in in the written law Right. so they're looking at latitude in implementation of the act thanks to this um, council so it remains to be seen how this council actually functions and um, whether um, the demands of the community actually um, come to fruit right so that's actually the point that, at which i wanted to end on because i was going to ask um what does the community do next in terms of their opposition to the bill and the act is there uh, is there a kind of legal redress or is there now this this hope that the uh, this council will you know take a progressive view on implementation there's both actually so there is a, the a written law gives you better um, legal redress clearly yeah and they hope of course that um, the council will be more inclusive of its um, inclusive in its implementation of the act and that members of the community will be involved actually in the implementation so i guess we'll have to wait and see how this rolls really okay ramya that was very informative thanks thank you for joining us thanks jain thanks for having me over